0: It is the 200-level episode, 365, and I'm just calling this one Speechless. Probably not a good thing to be going into a podcast, Speechless, because the whole point is speaking, but I'm sitting here in the basement about 30 minutes after Illinois completed what I will say without hyperbole is the craziest comeback I've seen in an Illini team ever make for football. There are many things that we'll talk about as to why this was such a crazy comeback, but I want to start with something first that is far more macro than anything we saw in the field. You should feel joy after that. I feel unapologetically joyous after what we saw. You know, we're sitting in my garage, and here was the plan today. It was an absolutely perfect fall day. I had ribs on the smoker My dad and mom came over, Isaac came over for the second half, I had some of my good friends come over for the entire game, and whether we were leading or trailing, it was just a really fun Saturday, and something that I plan on doing for future Alana football, away games, is the garage tailgate, it's just Americana, you know, having a tailgate in your garage and grilling something nice. But, as many Alana fans probably were, in the fourth quarter, as that game was starting to trail away a little bit... We were all wondering, how could this happen again? You know, from the Isaiah Williams fumble, that was really the key moment. And then I think Minnesota scored within two plays after that. A pretty long pass from Kaliak Manis to whoever it was. So we felt the pits of despair in a way that we felt more than once this year. And I think that a lot of Illini fans understandably were sort of questioning not just the result of this game, but what kind of lingering effects does this have on the Brett Bielema program? And for me, I, I was doing the same thing. I actually had a tweet, go figure, ready to go, about what I perceived to be the coaching staff letting another opportunity slip away from them. And then John Paddock comes in. Three for three, 85 yards. Keep in mind, the first completion was on a fourth and eleven. A fourth and 11, the game's over if he doesn't complete it. And he does for like 20, 25 yards to Isaiah Williams, right in the middle of the field. Found a gap between the safeties or something. And then you think, well, you aren't dead yet. But, you know, we're all looking at each other like, well, this is the backup quarterback. How is this going to work? Well, it worked twice more for 25, 30 yards. The complete release, the joyous release, when he found Isaiah Williams... We went crazy in the garage. I'm sure wherever you were watching it, you went crazy too. Screaming. It was so nice to feel joy again. The Maryland game was, hey, that's pretty cool. It was nice to win. This is the kind of comeback that you may never ever see again. No matter what team you root for, when you consider the circumstances... When you consider the fact that your starting quarterback, who overall, despite, yes, a couple turnovers, had a pretty darn good game, you are left for dead there. Under a minute to go, and you somehow won, well, I guess a minute and a half when that comeback started. You won that game. This is not what Illinois football has historically done. We don't have a lot of these to hang our hat on. I mean, there have been great comebacks before. You can go to the Toledo game and call that a comeback if you want, because technically it was, even though it felt like more snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. There have been other, I guess, comebacks. Kurt Kittner and that really good 2001 team had to come back and beat Wisconsin at home in 2001. But really, for the most part, the big wins for Illinois in their football's history have been when they have controlled the game from start to finish. And I'm not going to call this win at an unranked Minnesota team as one of the most consequential wins in Illinois history, but consider this. If this helps get you to a bowl, it is massively consequential. It really is. And whether it is the biggest of miracles, a total fluke, whatever you want to say, even though for most of the game I felt like you might have outplayed Minnesota. But even if you want to grant that it, there were fluky parts of it, I don't care. I've, I've seen enough in football to say, you know what, we're due. We're due for some miracles. We're due for some luck. And boy, did it come to roost there with John Paddock leading Illinois down for the game-winning touchdown. And what more appropriate finish than Isaiah Williams being wide open. And then 50 seconds on the clock. Oh, God. Come on, defense. And credit to them. And credit to Aaron Henry, they weren't playing prevent; They were playing it straight up. They sent five, I believe, on the last play for Minnesota. They sent five. Not three, not four. They sent five. And to me, I thought that was the right approach at the right time. Johnny Newton, of course, made a difference. So many things made a difference that ultimately helped you win that game. But I still sit here, and there are certain things about sports. The reason that we continue to watch them and the reason that we are so fanatic about them is that they can make us feel in a way that other things cannot. And that was pure joy. And something that I'll be riding out all freaking week. All week until the Indiana game. This team won that game. This Illinois team that has made plenty of their own bad luck and had plenty of other bad luck hit them this year nothing has really went right, nothing really, if you think about it, and then in one little 90 second moment when it mattered the most, it did, so hey, chat room, I want to hear from you, and I know that plenty of you are lining it up, and I'm going to get to every single one of these, because I called this speechless, and that is because frankly, I can't do a whole lot of breakdown about the game, no, this podcast is more about the joy of getting one of those all-time comebacks, This is a game that you will never forget. A comeback that you will never forget. Soak it in. And before I get too far into it, cheers. I had two beverages watching the game. Had to make one for this as well. And I promise you that if I sound a little bit, um, (laughs) if there's any moment where I don't sound as eloquent, it's not because I'm inebriated in any sense, but I am so slap happy from what we just witnessed. And I'm sure that you are, too. So, hey, Atlanta fans, cheers before I get to the sponsors. Ah, delish. All right, line it up, chat room. I'm going to get to all of you guys here in a second. Before I do, a reminder, the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe. Online mine at dpdoe.com. And guess what? I say this with such joy in my heart. Get a celebratory victory calzone from DP do tonight. What better night to get it? Order it right now at dpdoe.com custom zones with any topping you want. Some of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer zone that is online at dpdo.com. Also, stay farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com for life auto home business renters you name it Brian is my guy and he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. Owen Builders LLC online at owenbuildersllc.com. These guys are so good at home additions, patios, decks, You can check out a gallery of their work online at owenbuildersllc.com. And I just texted a little bit with Luke on Friday, and he said, hey, thanks for hitting the the communication part, because I think he recognizes, as a lot of contractors do, the communication part is so key, and when you know a contractor will actually communicate with you and be quick about it, it makes all the difference. So I can vouch for Luke and give them a shot, owenbuildersllc.com. They're so good at what they do. Also, Dogtown Heating Air and Plumbing, give them a call at 217-841-4728. Get that furnace checked before it gets too cold. We do have a unseasonably warm week ahead, but Lord knows it will get cold before you can snap your fingers. So 217-841-4728 for Dogtown Heating Air and Plumbing, your home's best friend. Champagne Showers Podcast Network, appreciate their support as well. If you are an Apple Podcast listener, then you can rate and review us. That helps us out as well. And I don't really know if Spotify or Stitch or any of those have ratings and reviews, but any way that you can put some feedback. What, hey, even if you're a hate listener, I don't know how many of those there are, but if you are, we'll take the one-star review as well. All right, chat room is lining it up. Again, this is all about joy. That's what this podcast is. Uh, yes, I was exasperated at parts of this pot, uh, parts of this game, excuse me. And I, I mentioned in the opening segment that I had a tweet ready to go about what I perceive to be, uh, you know, the coaching staff not, yet again, not having this team exactly where they needed to be for a game like this. Now, when you're losing, it's easy to tweet something like that. Because we won, I could look in the hole of it and say, you know, the coaching staff did more good than they did bad. But I do think that the lull offensively in that second half was really what put you in a precarious position. And I say that and think that overall, Lonnie still had a pretty good game. I mean, he scored 27 points on the road against Minnesota. That's not bad. But it always feels with his offenses that they're leaving things out there, which makes me wonder, is it an execution thing? And I'll give you some examples. Uh, One of them, for instance, I I hated the screenplays. That was one, one too many, even though the last screenplay to Isaiah was for five yards and was actually positive. But it just seems to be so much work for not much in return. But I will say that there were certain moments where the blocks on the edge, whether it be a screen pass or a run play, were not particularly good. And then when you see good blocks, like the Caden Fagan touchdown the third quarter, you think, oh, so is it an execution thing? I am sure it is some combination of the two. I think that Lonnie has gotten better the last three games. I'm not calling for his job but I do think that there are still tweaks that he can make and plays that he doesn't need to rely on as much. Overall, I think a solid B- minus for him because of that big lull. You were able to overcome it, but any time that you really could put that game away after you took that 21-20 to lead, you didn't. And by the time Isaiah got the fumble and got that knocked away from him, just a play that sucks because Isaiah's been so good this year. And, you know, I'm watching it and saying, Isaiah, you cannot fumble that. I don't care how good the play is by Minnesota. You cannot fumble that ball at this time of the game. But things happen. That just was the absolute worst time. And yet, who's the guy making the game-winning touchdown catch? Isaiah Williams. Who's the guy making the catch on a 4th and 11 to keep that game alive? Isaiah Williams. Love that kid. How can you not? And and out of all the guys to catch the game-winning catch, had to be him. And it was. Okay, let's go to the chat room here. You guys are lining up. From Bobo to start LFG, which, by the way, stands for let's freaking go, if I'm saying PG-13. From Illini Brick World, this is why you have an experienced backup. Well, to credit credit Bielma for this, Sikowski the last two years. I know that Sikowski damn near lost you the Iowa game, but hey, his elbow was down, and you won that game. And if you didn't have an experienced quarterback in there, there might have been a couple bad plays from a, a young whippersnapper against Iowa. So to say that it is important to have an experienced quarterback, I think that goes without saying. But Alani Brickroll, it has never been more apparent than what we just saw. Because Donovan Leary was not put in that game, and I'm guessing he was not put in that game for a reason. You needed someone that can make some throws, and lo and behold, John Paddock made three amazing Throws. They were dimes, every single one of them. All right, from Chief Oski, Minneapolis Miracle. If I could rename this Chief Oski, I would maybe do that, but I would imagine you're right on the money here for what we're going to see in the News Gazette tomorrow. Two weeks ago, the headline was Complete Collapse. I like Minneapolis Miracle a little bit better. And it's amazing how, gosh darn, and I'm only going to say this once at the start because this is all about the unadulterated joy of a big comeback like that. But if you would just flip the Wisconsin-Nebraska games, all of a sudden you're looking at Big Ten West Championship. But you know what? When you have a miracle like today, it seems like you're just starting to even the score a little bit with the bad luck or the bad luck you've caused yourselves. I think this team's record is indicative of where what they've been so far, four and five. Thank goodness you got today. But boy, does it feel good. From Lanai Brick Girl, coach 10-0 against the Gophers. That's amazing. And it really is a line I brick roll because yes, there were some rough times there. He probably came into the tail end of the Glenn Mason era. Glenn Mason was the perpetual seven and five coach, which you know that I would take seven and five. But a lot of that was with the three scrubs in the non-conference, which you know my take on that. Give me the three scrubs, and then going four and five in the Big Ten. So they were fine, but they were never really a threat. Wisconsin early on with Bielma, especially, was very strong. And then you get to the Tim Brewster era, and now P.J. Fleck. Now, before I go further in the, the, these chat responses you guys have here, because we're just going to kind of wing it today, because, again, I, I don't know what the heck to make of yesterday. Or not yesterday, but tonight's game. I, I don't really know what to make of it. Except for, thank God, I'm extremely happy, and I, I'm really looking forward to the Indiana game now. Think if you were a Minnesota fan right now. You win today you are in the driver's seat to win the Big Ten West. Wisconsin loses. Iowa wins, but you have the tiebreaker. What an absolute blown opportunity by P.J. Fleck and this Gophers team. Unbelievable. And their secondary with Newbin, who is a first, second-round prospect, right? You know, he made the interception. Not that this game was wholly on him, but it's pretty amazing that that Minnesota secondary... When they had to make a play, just simply could not do it late against the backup Illini quarterback. Boy, did that thing happen in a flash. But, I mean, if you're a Minnesota fan, think of the joy we feel. Think of the absolute despondency they feel. That's like existential dread right now. Because P.J. Fleck has yet to be in a Big Ten title game. He does have a good thing going overall. Would I trade spots with Minnesota's program if you look at what they've done the last seven years? versus our seven years, of course, that's pretty good, he's rock solid in his own way, but I tell you what, there are these absolutely inopportune losses, and if you really think about it, I know this is revisionist history, but the win that they had at Iowa should not have been a win, they choked that away too, and they got the bailout, from the fair catch call. And we can debate that call one way or the other. I'm 50-50 on it. But nonetheless, they escaped by the, the skin of their teeth. So they are lucky to have been in this position anyways. And and today they blew it. Today they absolutely blew it. So if you're a Minnesota fan, despondency is what you're feeling right now as you head back out into that those parking lots outside of TCF Bank Stadium and thinking, how the hell did we blow that? too bad, so sad. It's nice being on the other end of it isn't it especially after two weeks ago when we left Memorial Stadium and I remember that feeling getting back to the lots and it's not a feeling I I'm uh, I haven't experienced before, but when it's fresh it just sucks. I mean, I don't care how many times you go through that feeling of boy, we blew it. it sucks each and every time. So I actually have some empathy right now for Minnesota fans. Only a little bit. It's tempered by the fact that I'm feeling so much happiness myself right now. From Andrew Whipple. Well, that was fun. You know, it was. And here's the thing, Whipple. Keep in mind. It was fun for the most part, I think, through Caden Fagan's go-ahead touchdown. Great play. Great block on the edge there from Ryman. And Fagan is a star. And... This kid is someone you can rely on going forward. you got to go get a second option, I think, in the transfer portal next year. I think when you could look at next year and say that you have Luke Altmaier, pay Isaiah Williams, and I think they will. You're going to have to pay Caden a little bit. I mean, the guy's earned it, and he will be your starting running back next year. That is a start for your offense. I really do think that. But when you're up 21-20, to it felt like, you know, Minnesota, they don't score for, I think, three possessions after that. It feels like you're kind of in control of this game. So oddly enough, Whipple, it was fun until it wasn't. And that would have been when Isaiah fumbled it. Again, great play from Minneapolis. Great play from Minnesota, but you get that pit in your stomach like, oh, no, not again. And at that point, I'm just thinking, keep them to a field goal so that way you've got plenty of time left on the clock. You go down, get a game-winning field goal if you need to. Two plays later, Minnesota takes the lead. But, yeah, um, it was mostly fun. It was then for about a five-minute stretch of game, absolute despondency. Here we go again. We've blown it. And not just this game, but blown any opportunity to make a bowl game. And my thought went even further than that. My thought went to, you know, just rehashing all the disappointments of this year and thinking that you have blown every opportunity that mattered in year three under Belama. But guess what? You haven't yet. Because you won. You won the stupid game. And you're still alive. All right. This one is from Patrick. Crazy roller coaster of a game. Understatement of the year, Patrick. I mean, I'm still, what are we now? 48 minutes away from when the game ended. It was kind of cool to see on Big Ten Network after the game. The guys in the studio were speechless. The sideline reporter was speechless talking to John Paddock, which, by the way, that kid's got swag. That's why I called this speechless. how do you how do you contextualize this? And I knew that when I said emergency podcast, I was not going to be able to do that tonight. But sometimes the emotions are so raw, you gotta record. You gotta do it right then and there, right? This is from. Kathy. I agree. Winning is fun, especially happy for Isaiah. Isaiah, Kathy, is a pretty special player for recent Illini football history. And actually, if you think about it, I mean, he's setting a few receiving records along the way. The guy's been productive. He's one of the easiest people to root for. By all accounts, just a great kid. And if you get him back next year, he will be getting even more preseason accolades. I think it's essential that you do that. And I think we are in a pretty good position with that because I don't know how much of a pro stock he really has. I do think that you will ante up as much as you need to. And this kid has earned it. This is where I think NIL can be particularly beneficial for the students as well. He has earned every penny. I'm sure he's making a little bit this year. I would hope he'd make a lot of it next year because that kid has done nothing but produce for Illinois from day one. And, yeah, the idea of him being the you know, program-changing quarterback, that did not pan out, but this kid has put his fingerprints all over this thing. And it's really cool to see a blue-chip prospect, which we don't get very often, stay here the whole time and not just pan out but flourish. So I am so happy for Isaiah. And the fact that he did that after the fumble, which seemed just so devastating, it just speaks volumes of him. It really does. All right, this is from Jason. Happy for the win, but Lunny is our own worst enemy. Every single week, we see him go away from what works. Jason, I don't disagree with that in the third and fourth quarter, and I actually thought when Minnesota took the lead, this might be good for us because we'll open it back up. I thought this team was best when they were aggressive, and it did seem like you were falling back into the first year of Bielema where you got uber conservative. And bear in mind, we saw that last year at Michigan, You had the lead, and you really just need to get a couple first downs, and what do you do? Run it three times, and you punt. As if Michigan was expecting anything different. I think the uber conservatism can hurt Lonnie. I don't know how much he's getting from Bielma on that, but I do think he has enough autonomy as a play caller to do things differently. The thing that drove me nuts, Jason, and I said B- minus for Lonnie today, I think there were many good things he did, but unfortunately he has these reliances And these tendencies towards plays that, I mean, Isaiah got blown up on a couple of those screens. Unnecessarily so. And even at their best, those screens are like five yards. Then again, there was the bubble screen for Casey Washington that I felt like Casey kind of hitched there. I couldn't tell if that was on Casey or on Luke, who missed him with the throw. But regardless, the play didn't work, but the call was perfect. I I, I am torn, Jason, because the last three games have been better for Barry Lunny. and I think that's because of a Caden Fagan. I think that's because the offensive line is getting a little bit better. I think it's because Luke Altmaier is a good quarterback, and I still stand by that, by the way. I know that he put the ball out there a few times, but I do think you can win with Luke Altmaier. I really do stand by that, and uh, maybe foolishly. I like John Butcher, too, but... I don't think John Butcher uh, was the biggest reason those 2002 and 2003 Illini teams struggled. So, Jason, hey, I think that's totally fair. And I will say this. Barry Lunning will be, be back next year. He will. So our hope has to be now that he continues to refine his play calling. When you have a running back, that cures a lot. Hopefully they have learned lessons from the first six games this year where the offense was absolutely abysmal. They've been fine the last three weeks. And credit to them, in two of those games, they made plays on the last drive to win the game. He's better than Brian (laughs) Ferentz. That's the skinniest kid of fat fat camp argument there because the Iowa-Northwestern game today was an absolute joke. But you could do worse. But would I like to see him do better? 100%. That is totally fair. for well, one brick girl, the hug that Bielema gave Lenny after the game was pure joy. It was, and actually the Bielema handshake or you know, high-five hug of Paddock too, that was probably a huge exhale from that coaching staff. And yeah, Alani Brickle said it. Stop calling the screen to Williams. It never works. It hardly ever does. And again, if it does, what does it get you? Five yards? I thought that Altmaier was best when you were going downfield. And I know that late in the game... Is it Newbin, the safety for Minnesota, got the the interception? You know, you were at that point forced to start making plays. I thought if you would have just kept the pedal to the metal there in the third and the early fourth quarter, Luke was making good throws downfield. Let him him do that. And if you would have gotten one more score, you never would have been in that position with six or five minutes to go to have to score. It only required one more score from Illinois. All right, this is from Patrick. What a difference Johnny Newton makes. Completely different defense. 100% Patrick. I mean, next year, ante up for a uh, three technique to come in and replace him. Is he a three technique? I need to be careful about my X's and O's stuff. But you got to go ante up for some immediate help on the D line or pay Keith Randolph to come back. Because, well, I don't know what his stock is right now. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, it was good to see Akis get back in the defensive line a little bit and see some more of that. From Bobo, Minnesota had 69 total yards in the second half. That, that's because of Newton. Yeah, pretty much. From Bobo, I was going crazy in my garage when Williams caught that ball. I mean, Bobo, that's one of those moments. This is, again, why we watch sports. The moment that that ball was sailing in the air, and then you see the camera pan over, and oh my God, Isaiah Williams is open, and we went absolutely bananas. I will I will remember that for the rest of my life. You will too. All of you listening or watching on the YouTube feed, you will remember that moment. How cool is that? That's why we watch this stuff. That's why we engage with this stuff. Yes, there's heartbreak, but man, I mean, what we saw today, I have never seen. I've never, ever, ever seen in 36 years of Alani football fandom. Pretty awesome. From Patrick, and Patrick, this is probably why I don't sound the best today because I'm with you here. Lost my voice screaming in the TV room, scared my kid. Yeah, It was funny because I came back in, and Kara uh, was like, did they win? I was like, you didn't hear us? So I guess our wall is a little bit thicker than that because all, all six or seven of us out in the garage were screaming there. Yeah, no, my voice is feeling it, and it might be sounding it too. Also from Patrick, how about Fagan, though? What a great showing by the freshman. If there's a case for him to be offensive freshman of the year, if the alumni somehow went out, uh, yeah, I could see that. I do think that um, there is something to be said about the possibility now of winning out. And we'll talk more about that later this week when the dust has settled. This team still has flaws, but they are a different team with Johnny Newton. We will see just what galvanizing effect a win like this can have. If I'm in that locker room, I think we're winning out. And not in a conceited way, not an arrogant way, but a sort of, <sighs> okay, whatever thing was haunting us or on our shoulders this year, we overcame it. And by the way, kudos to this team too, because I know a bye week was in the middle of it there, but after the Wisconsin game, you know, I do think this speaks a little bit to Bielema in a positive way. Even after that Wisconsin collapse, even if there hadn't been a bye week, I wouldn't have went into Minnesota thinking there was going to be a hangover effect. I do think that Bielema's teams have shown a little less propensity to be affected by a previous disappointment. They tend to respond pretty well. Now, we're all going to be thinking the same thing against Indiana. You, me, everybody. Oh, boy. They're going to come home and lose to Indiana, aren't they? I thought that going into today. I predicted a 23-14 to 14 Illinois win. I thought that we were going to look really good and... Kaliak-Manus was going to look bad, and by the way, he did in the second half, and that you were going to control this game, and there were moments in during this game where I thought that that prediction might have come true, but the defense in the first half just wasn't able to keep things in front of them without Newton, but now that you want it in this way, I don't know, man. Sky's the limit. Iowa, Iowa stinks. They just do. Their defense is great. You score 10 points at Iowa City, you might win. You score 13, I think you do. Before that, the Indiana game. I'm actually glad that they won today. I I think that that lessens the opportunity or the chances for this team to overlook an Indiana team that almost beat Penn State on the road, and they get the win at home against Wisconsin. We saw in the second half that uh, Indiana, yes, they're scrappy. They are playing pretty good ball right now. But I do think that there was a chance for them to slip a little bit because we saw in the second half their offense really did struggle against Wisconsin. Wisconsin just couldn't make plays, and I don't don't doubt that their emotion that they would have put in the Ohio State game last week, Wisconsin, might have had them coming in a little bit empty today against Indiana. They fell down early. They weren't quite able to muster enough for a comeback. If Illinois comes out inspired from the start against Indiana – I do think they they win. If we go into halftime, and it's Indiana 13, Illinois 6, yeah, you better worry. I mean, you should, because Indiana's not bad right now. But if we come out inspired and playing with a fire under our butts, then I think we should be fine. But trust me, I have thought the same thing where, oh boy, we're going to beat Minnesota and lose to Indiana. After today, man, come on. I don't believe in destiny or anything like that. I don't believe in hexes or curses, good or bad. But you win that game. And you could say that's an emotional win. Well, I don't know. Because it happens so suddenly that I don't think they're even going to have enough time to process it. Other than, oh my God, we're 4-5. Oh, if we beat Indiana, we're in the driver's seat here to control our own bowl destiny. I don't think that it, this would have been some sort of three-touchdown comeback in the second half like Michigan State, let's say, in Lovie's 2019 year, even though they did beat Rutgers the next week at home. That is an emotionally taxing win. This one seems to have been so sudden and so shocking that I don't think there will be too much of a lingering after effect. This is a game that this staff and this team have to win 100%. Whereas I thought I'd go into it thinking that, oh boy, we're going to find some way to blow this, a la Rutgers 2021. I actually am going to go into this thinking, Okay, you have no reason to blow this because the vibe should be too good. The, the confidence should be at a good kind of level, not conceited, not arrogant, but the good kind of confidence that should help you win this game. Oh boy, what else do we have here? Alexander, Owen, cheer from cheers from the Owen builders. The football gods are on our side today. Finally, Alexander, finally. Too often it seems like they are not. And I will repeat this. Until the day I die, hopefully a long time from now. I don't truly believe in football gods. I don't believe in hexes or any of that kind of stuff. Illinois football not being good or not winning games like today would have been perfectly explainable, even with the Isaiah Williams turnover. There were many opportunities before that. The Wisconsin game before the targeting and after the targeting, many opportunities to have won that game, and he just didn't do it. I had actually tweeted out. I think with 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, this team is allergic to making winning plays. They just are. And they were until they weren't. <laughs> like, until the last minute and a half, they were allergic to making winning plays, it felt like. From Dave, this may turn out to define the Bielema tenure. Lose here, and it's likely no bowl, no momentum, fans checked out, poor recruiting. That win changed everything. Now, Dave, there's always the follow-up component. We said that after Maryland, and then you lost to Wisconsin. Even though Indiana beat Wisconsin, I I still feel as if it's a better matchup for you. I think athletically, size-wise, it is a better matchup for you. But timing is everything, right? You are getting an Indiana team that's feeling good about themselves, just as you'll be feeling good about yourselves after today. Indiana will be thinking, we need to win out to make a bowl game you'll be thinking, we need to win this game to make a bowl game. I, I expect an inspired performance from both. But this is also where you need to kind of rely on your head coach and the staff that you're paying more than Indiana's paying their staff, certainly. That they're going to have the team ready to go to beat Indiana. You cannot afford a loss to them. I mean, everything you said right there, Dave, is true if they beat Indiana and beat Northwestern. Yes. It is the kind of comeback win that if you finish 6-6 six and six and you can look back at that Minnesota win like, whoa because of how fun that was. It gives you still some positive vibes even if you lose in Iowa. It's right there in front of you. And in fact, I think winning the next three games is out in front of you too. Only because of how crazy today was, Dave. They got to follow it up. We know that. And I don't want to belabor that point. But it does seem like they put themselves in an even better position to do that. I I just... I would find it hard to believe after that that you you somehow blow this now, Right? Doesn't that seem a little bit a little bit of a stretch? I think that now that you won this type of game, the big exhale. I mean, here's the thing too. We saw it today, Dave. Johnny Newton is the difference. Now, you gotta address that in the offseason. But when you have a first-round draft pick on your defensive line, that is the difference. Think about the pressure you were getting. Minnesota's last four plays, all pass all dropbacks. You had pressure on, I think, three of the four. And then that just made the secondary's job that much easier. The fourth down call, we're watching that, and it just hits, was it Toby, the back of his head? I mean, it wasn't even close because Kelly Manis felt the pressure. It, It changes everything. So if you stay healthy and Johnny Newton doesn't get ejected for any more targetings, I don't know why you shouldn't go 3-0 and down the last three here. I don't know. I would like to think, Dave, this changed everything, wow. And that's why the joy was, if this would have been your second win of the year, one, how many more How many more people would not have even been watching it, right? How many people would have turned the game off when Minneapolis, or, why do I keep saying that, when Minnesota took the lead? Probably quite a few more which is to say quite a few less people would have been watching the game by the time you would have made the comeback. But because you were three and five and there was that outside shot that, man, if you just win, you're back in bowl contention. Now, in our garage, everyone's starting to kind of pick things up and get ready to go so that when inevitably on the fourth and 11, we throw an incompletion, we can say, all right, good night, everybody. Have a good rest of your day. And then that happens with John Paddock. That happens. So... I think because you knew mathematically there was still a chance. There were enough Illini fans watching that comeback where it will get them juiced up again. I mean, I said to Isaac during the second half, I kind of need this game to feel that excitement for Indiana. Because otherwise it's just what looks to be a nice fall Saturday and we got some friends coming in and that's great and everything. But I like to look forward to the game. And short of a win, I'm not going to look forward to it that much. It'll be an afterthought. I hate that. I I don't like it to be an afterthought going into the stadium. Now it's not. And Dave, there is a chance that this team can somehow make this the moment. You know, maybe we thought that after Maryland. And I thought the Wisconsin game, I thought they're going to win. And certainly looked to be proven right for three quarters until the Johnny Newton play. I think the way they handled that within the game was terrible. I think if they just keep things in front of them and play ball and rely on their studs, which is to say Johnny Newton on defense. I'm going to throw Luke Altmyer in there. I still like Luke. Caden Fagan running the ball against Indiana. And then Isaiah Williams. It's nice to know that you have a few guys you can rely on, keep them upright, keep them healthy, and just get the job done against Indiana. I don't care if you win by three. Just get the win. Get to five and five. And then, hey, we got something here. All right, this is from Jason. I tweeted two hours before the game that if Illinois could keep it within one score at the half, they could win the game with Newton coming back. And Jason, I felt the same thing. I was a little bit disappointed that we weren't waiting in halftime because I thought the defense was a sieve for much of that first half. But credit to them, midway through the third quarter, I see we'd only given up 200 yards to Minnesota. We'd outgamed them by, I think, 40 or so at that point. Which is to say the coaching overall put you in an okay position. I I mean, again, I'm trying to balance this between execution and preparation. And who's the fault? The coaches or the players. The coaches or the players. And that's going to waffle back and forth. But I, I really think in hindsight, the coaching put you in a position to win today. And it did take you to the very last possession and a borderline miracle, well, not borderline, it was a miracle, to win that game. But everything that came before it, I don't think the coaches were putting you at a fundamental disadvantage. The one exception I would really have to that, of course, is the offense in the third and early fourth quarter. Or I should say after the Fagan touchdown, the next three drives or so. All right, let's see here. From Patrick, so great to see our stars make plays to get the win. Absolutely. It was all about the stars. Caden Fagan, Isaiah Williams, Johnny Newton. Alana Brickroll, I'm concerned with the backfield with Loffrey out with a meniscus tear now. God, meniscus. Unbelievable. Hopefully Reggie Love gets back. And Patrick says that hopefully he can go next week because he seems close. I would think he would. Okay, so let's hope. And Jason might have an inside scoop that Reggie will be back for Indiana. But that would be big because I do think him and... Fagan would compliment each other well. From Bobo, some saw people on Minnesota Twitter saying Fleck needs to be fired. It's amazing, right, Bobo? And I'm not going to call them crazy because when you get to a level of success, if you feel like you plateau, then you wonder, where are we going? What are we doing? What's the goal? And with P.J. Fleck, I don't really know what their thing is other than Six or seven wins a year. And I think that's kind of more of the Minnesota thing now. Six, seven wins a year. Fundamentally, they're sound. They just aren't going to beat any great teams. They aren't. And they're going to have a loss or two a year, which makes you scratch your head. I think the style of play there, kind of like what Bielema wants to do. My ideal Bielema program would be like Minnesota plus. P.J. Fleck plus. What P.J. Flex teams do mostly is not make mistakes, and they force the other team to make mistakes. I love that mindset, but I don't like it when it makes you overly conservative. And I think that's what happened with Illinois in the late third quarter, early fourth quarter, when they should have been more attacking, more aggressive, because the downfield throws were working. Let Luke cook, because he was cooking. And it seemed like they got a little bit in their own heads there. All right, let's see here from... Oh, Jason also mentions Khalil Valentine as someone that can help out in the running back room next year. Yeah. Uh, Let's see if there's uh, anything else here in the chat room. As Patrick says, F it, win out. Yeah, I I mean, I gotta be honest. To me, that's where my mind is at now. Long-term, but I mean, beat, beat Indiana. That's number one, of course. But I do think that this is such a monumental, miraculous comeback. It's almost like you walk into Memorial Stadium next week thinking, we can't lose. Come on. Now, we can't have that feeling. I do think that within their locker room, at least I hope, knock on wood, one, they remember what happened to Indiana last year. Can you finally get that b revenge game narrative back again? Could you maybe beat Indiana by a couple scores? Y- you could. I know they've been playing tough last few weeks, but you could. Because they're still a 3-6 and six football team. They aren't great. Might have found something in quarterback with Soresby, I think his name is. But you also feel like your strengths are now rested, and they're healthy, and they're ready to go. At the exact time that you need everything to sort of be equalizing in in a positive way, they might be doing that for this Illinois team. And thank God he got the win today because that opens up a door of opportunity where no matter what, you would have been healthy and well-rested and ready to go for Indiana. But if you are 3-6, and it doesn't mean as much. Now it means a heck of a lot more. Oh, man. My voice is feeling it. It had to have been the scream after we got that got that touchdown. Absolutely insane. Uh, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I know this is maybe not the most eloquent podcast I've done, but again, that's why I call it Speechless, because what the hell? I mean, how, how do you win that game? I just do not understand how you win that game. Um... I cannot think of an Alani football game that compares to that. Its importance will be measured by the next three weeks, and we know that. But I do think it's okay, Alani fans, to let this one just sit for a few days, if not the rest of the week. Let it sit. Enjoy it. Wear your Alani stuff to work on Monday or Tuesday, and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever. I mean, we have been up against it this year. It has been really a drag of a season and it was right up until those last 90 seconds where you thought oh boy this is just i've seen this and it's just depressing and then instead you go from depressing and existential dread of where's this bielma thing going because you know that there are some good things within it right that's the frustrating thing with this year is that you know you aren't terrible you're just not making winning plays right consistently And another missed opportunity would have been absolutely a gut punch. And yet, it's not a gut punch. Instead, it's elation. It's pure elation after winning that game. So enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll be back later this week. And maybe I'll see if Harry can come on on Wednesday if I can get that Zoom thing figured out. We'll love to talk with him. And uh, we are Monday night. I have a band rehearsal. We got a gig coming up in a few weeks. So for the Illinois-Eastern Illinois game, I'll probably save the reaction until the day after or Wednesday. It is the first official game. Hopefully it's not too exciting. Neither here nor there. Just get the win and and look good and stay healthy. But I love when Novembers have a convergence of Illinois football being relevant and Illinois basketball getting going. And we don't see that a whole lot, but this would be the second year in a row if, 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 They can beat Indiana, and frankly, at this point, you should. And if the football gods, if such a thing exists, doesn't it feel like a win like today is the kind of thing that propels a team on a run? Doesn't it feel that way? They were dead in the water, and they snatched victory from the jaws of defeat, but unlike the Toledo game where you felt relief, not joy, today it's joy even more than relief. And I think that speaks to just how rare this comeback was. All right, everybody. Real quick for our sponsors, DP Doe, State Farm Agent Brian Hanson, Dogtown Heating Air and Plumbing, Owen Builders, LLC. We appreciate them. If you want to support the podcast, please support our sponsors. They are fantastic. And Bobo, what did John Paddock tweet there? Five minutes ago, you said. For Champagne Showers Podcast Network, appreciate you. Appreciate you and YouTube joining me on a Saturday evening. About to go watch Michigan probably throttle Purdue, though they will not be able to steal the signs, right? Because Purdue's huddling tonight. But, yeah, what can I say, everybody? I mean, I hope that this podcast was okay and kind of captured just the overwhelming feeling of, of joy, which is far too fleeting for us as the Illini football fans. So when it does happen, embrace it. Don't let it go. And hopefully we can ride that into Saturday on Dad's Day, what looks to be a beautiful fall Saturday against Indiana. Let's get the win. Let's get to a bowl game. Let's win four in a row. Let's have some fun and maybe get that momentum going again. All right, everybody, have a great rest of your night and a great rest of your weekend. It is The 200 Level.